as we come into God's presence now, let me just start us with a short prayer and then I'll explain what's going to happen next. So shall we pray? Father God, as we come into your presence this morning, we ask that you would touch each one of us in some way. And even now that you'd be preparing our hearts to hear what you want to say to each one of us. Amen. Today's reading is going to be from Mark chapter 6, verses 1 to 13. In my Bible, there are two sections there, headed A Prophet Without Honour and Jesus Sends Out the Twelve. The title we've given to our service today is Equipped to Go. So you have there a few little tastes of what's to come. Just to say, though, that the first part, Jesus gets a negative reaction when he speaks in the synagogue. And then the second part, Jesus sends out the disciples, giving them various instructions as he goes. One of the ways that we can be equipped to go is by coming before God and acknowledging that there's stuff in our lives that shouldn't be there. Things that we've done that we shouldn't have done, things that we haven't done that we should have done, etc., etc. So what I'm going to do now is, is ask that we're just quiet for a few moments so that we can silently bring before God those things in our own lives that we're not happy about and hand them over to him. And then I'll say a prayer for us. Father God, each one of us has things in our lives that we wish weren't there. And sometimes we maybe feel that we're coming to you again and again and saying sorry for the same things. But Father God, thank you that every time we come to you and hand over those things that are wrong in our lives, thank you that every time you forgive us and you give us a clean slate and we're ready to start again. So this morning we do pray that as we bring to you those things that we're not happy about in our own lives, that you would forgive us. Thank you that we know we are forgiven and help us to move forward in that knowledge. Amen. Reading this morning is from Mark chapter 6, the first 13 verses. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offence. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honour, except in his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a star, no bread, 
no bag, no money in your belt. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. If in any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There will now be a short explanation of some of that in a talk from Susan. We thought it would be helpful to explain parts of today's passage so that we can understand it in context as some of it's alien to us in our culture today. Over the last few weeks, we've been seeing through our readings that Jesus had power over nature, evil, sickness and death. All signs pointing to Jesus being God. In today's reading, we've heard that Jesus returned to his hometown of Nazareth and on the Sabbath he taught in the synagogue. Their custom at the time allowed visiting teachers to preach by invitation of the synagogue leaders, so this wasn't particularly unusual. Many who heard him were astounded at his wisdom and the miracles they'd heard about. Isn't he the carpenter's son? they said. This was derogatory, a sense of, what's so special about him? He's no different from us. He's just a common labourer. In such a climate of disbelief, Jesus chose not to do many miracles there. He was amazed at their lack of faith. I guess he would have felt sad and disappointed about it. So then, Jesus went around teaching from village to village. He sent the twelve disciples out in twos, probably to be credible witnesses for each other within the Jewish law, as well as for mutual support. He gave them authority over evil spirits. He told them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, which is a walking stick, no bread, no bag, no money, and to wear sandals but take no extra tunic. In the temple, worshippers didn't take bread, a bag or money, as this was a way of remaining focused on their worship, not getting caught up in any other business or activity while they were there. So it could be that this instruction reflected being focused on their mission, not having any distractions. It also meant that they would be depending on the hospitality of those who were hosting them. An extra tunic would have been used for night times when it was colder, but they were to trust that God would provide lodging for them each night. Jesus said to the disciples being sent out that if any place won't welcome them or listen to them, they were to leave that place and shake the dust off their feet as a testimony against them. Shaking the dust off their feet was a symbolic act practised by the Pharisees when they left a Gentile area as they would have considered it to be unclean, showing their separation from anything associated with that place. Here, 
It represents an act of solemn warning to those who rejected Jesus' message. The kingdom of God is here. Now is the time to turn to him. It's a reminder to us that we do have the responsibility of sharing the gospel, but those we share it with are responsible for how they respond to it. The disciples went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. This mission marks the beginning of the disciples' own ministry in Jesus' name, and their message was the same as his. Today we aren't expected to repeat exactly what was done here and how it was done. That was for a specific time, place and purpose. But the message and urgency are just as relevant. We are to go out and share the good news that we have received. So we hope that this has helped to explain some of the actions and phrases of these events. We're going to reflect on the passage together by thinking about needing to see Jesus clearly for ourselves, hearing about some of the mission activities that we're already supporting at Christchurch and considering possibilities of where God may be leading us next. So for now, we're going to hand over to Dan, who's going to explain uh, about some of our mission partners. Many of you know that Becky and I were uh, mission workers for about 10 years, and uh, we spent a lot of time going around churches. And when we were back in the UK, talking about the work that we were involved in in Nepal and that was going on in Nepal. And it was always a privilege to do this, not because we got to talk about ourselves all the time, although that's always nice, isn't it? But because invariably, when we went into churches, there would be a little old lady, and sorry, it was always uh, an older lady. And most of the time we wouldn't have known them before we went to Nepal. We may not even have met them before. And they would come up to us and they would say something like, I pray for you every day. And I would say that there's little in this world that is more, that is more humbling, but also more uplifting and encouraging than knowing that somebody somewhere is praying for you regularly. And many and most of us, I'm sure, will be aware of times when we've relied on the prayer support of people in this church or in other churches uh, that we've maybe been in in the past. And the work of our mission partners at Christchurch is a crucial part of the building of God's kingdom that we've been hearing about in recent weeks. And God has called us all as people here in this church to go and serve him in different ways and in different settings. And some people he's called to be doing that in different places around the world. And so as a church, it's our commitment, isn't it, to support them, to pray for them uh, and to encourage them. And so I, that's why I'm here today is to, or what I want to mention today is that we heard in these verses that it's not always the ones we expect, that, you know, we might have to look at things differently. And also that it's not as easy. Jesus wasn't respected or treated easily in his mission. And there will be rejection. Jesus talked about how they may be rejected when they went into certain villages and tough days. And so it's our job to pray for our mission partners in Cyprus, where we have uh, a couple working in producing uh, and editing videos that, that are produced and shared in the Middle East. We support the African Interior Church and African Navigators in Kenya. We support churches in the Diocese of Bolivia, and, of course, the Imani Centre for Street Children in Tanzania. And these are all groups that we support, and most of you probably are well aware of that already. So this week, one of the zones is the Mission Zone. And we're going to encourage you, as the All In team, to find out a bit more about these mission partners, if you don't know very much about them already. 
and to spend some time in prayer for them. And there is a sheet, uh, both online and a printed copy there, that you can take with you to direct your prayers and find out a bit more. Now, obviously, because this is going out online, there's limits to what we can say straight away. But do read that to get a bit more information. And do what you can to really be uplifting and encouraging our mission partners around the world. So, earlier on, Susan very helpfully explained to us the biblical and social context that the Bible passage relates to. And it's really important for us to understand the story in its context, but we also need to think about how it relates to us today. So first, the game. So we had a series of photos, everyday items that if I'd shown you them straight off, you'd have gone, oh yeah, I know what that is, I know what that is. But they were so close up that you couldn't see it clearly. And it wasn't until you saw the clear photo that you were absolutely certain about what you had seen. And this is like the people in the synagogue in Nazareth who weren't seeing Jesus for who he really was. They just saw someone that they'd always seen, the carpenter's son. Now, I don't know about you, but there have been times over the last couple of years where I've definitely found it hard to see Jesus clearly to know what he's wanting me to do, where to go, and what to do next. Is that the same with you? Are you struggling to see Jesus clearly at the moment? In this time of pandemic, it can get very hazy and blurry. Thankfully, the Bible reassures us that he is there, and all we have to do is call, and he will answer. And as we enter this new season with Ben joining us, uh, we've got a real opportunity as a church to listen to what God is calling us to do. And I, for one, am really excited by this new season. Next, we had our update about our mission partners from Dan. At the centre of our lives with Jesus should be our call to mission. It is what Jesus told his disciples to go and do. And they did. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here gathering together on a Sunday morning 2,000 years later. When people hear the word mission, they often get quite worried that Jesus is going to call them to some far-flung place across the other side of the world. But while that is the case for some, it's not the case for most. If we take the people that we've touched on today the ones that we're supporting, they're actually serving in their own countries, in their own places. Not all of them, but a lot of them. But what they do have in common is they stepped out in faith and followed God's leading and God's calling, and they have been equipped to do the work. They are in their mission field. So the question is, where's your mission field? Maybe your mission field has changed over the last year or so with the pandemic. Everything has a season. And maybe as we begin to open up more, maybe your mission field will change. Is God calling you into something new? And finally, we saw the video of Sam getting ready to go away. We saw that he had packed a multitude of things and that then he was told 
he couldn't take them with him. And in fact, the text message said he couldn't take any, hardly anything. And that's just like the disciples when Jesus told them to take only what they were essentially standing up in. They had to trust in what Jesus was saying. Do we sometimes try to do things in our own strength, taking things with us we think we'll need, rather than relying on God to provide everything? When I took the role of Children's and Families Missioner here at Christchurch, it was a huge step of faith in terms of my income. I was going to be dropping my salary by almost half, and I was worried about how we would manage financially. Now, there have been times when it has been tough, and we have had to think carefully about what we spend our money on. But God has been faithful, and we have never gone without the important things. I feel very much that God called me into the role here, and he promised faithfully he would equip me just as he promised to equip the disciples. Are you stopping yourself from doing God's call because you are worried that you won't have the things that you need? One of the worship CDs that I, I have play regularly in my car, and there's a track on it, and right at the beginning, just before the song actually starts, the worship leader says, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. As a church, we're going into a new season. My prayer for us as a church is that we will see and hear God clearly. We will discern his will for our church and that we are faithful to follow that call, knowing that God will equip us to do his kingdom work. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you that we've been able to gather here in your house today. Thank you for all the technology and the skill that has enabled many of our Christchurch family to join us at home as well. We are aware that we are living in challenging times and are seeing changes all the time. Thank you for getting us this far that we can see you at work in our midst. As we look to the future, Give us courage and insights as to how to move forward into a future that may be very different to what we expected. Help us in the changes that are coming to Christchurch. We pray for Ben and Jess as they prepare to join us. Make us a welcoming community and help us to listen to what you are calling us to do and to embrace it. We pray today for our children and young people also meeting at different times to us. Please keep them safe and close to you, that they would know how precious they are to our family here at Christchurch. We've looked today at being equipped to go. Thank you for all those that Dan told us about who have followed the call to serve you, at home or abroad. Please keep them safe and guide them. May their example prompt us to ask, where is our mission field? And as we are still in the midst of a global pandemic, we bring before you peoples of the world who have not had the benefits that we have received. 
We pray that richer nations and their governments would share more of their resources, especially vaccines. Finally, we pray for our family here at Christchurch, for those who are especially needing your touch at this time, that they would know your peace and closeness, whatever their need. In a moment of quiet, please bring to God anyone particularly on your heart this morning. Let's finish our prayers by saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Maybe some of you are feeling that God is very much telling you that you should be doing something as we go forward from here. So my encouragement now is this is an all-in service, but we've had to adapt. And those of you that have been with us on other occasions will know that the zones now are available on our website. The advantage being that you don't have to pick a zone, but you can go to all the zones and do all the activities should you so wish. I feel that today's the sort of service that we shouldn't just be coming along to and going away, but really thinking through, what should I be doing next? Where should I be going next? Where should we as a church, as Rachel said, moving into this new season, be doing next? So my challenge to each one of us, and certainly myself included, is what are we going to do? So shall we just finish the service with a final prayer? Father God, we do pray that as we go out from this place, if we've been in church, or as we come to the end of watching online, we pray that in each of our hearts you would lodge that which you want us to hear today, and that that might irritate away at us until we do something about it. Father God, challenge us and motivate us to just like those first disciples did, to go and to serve you in whatever way you want us to do. We do pray that as we go out and as we go into this week, we'll be aware of your presence with us through your spirit. Amen.